just want to give a encouragement if, that if you don't already have plans on Tuesday to come up here right out front, dress warmly, but we're going to have a table out with lights and, and hot chocolate and water and candy and the things. Uh, this really gives our church a good name. And you don't have to do anything other than say, thank you for coming. I love your outfit. Oh, what is that? God bless you. Uh, this church is here for you. You, just, you, don't have, you don't have to do anything great or crazy. Just show up and speak on behalf of this church in the name of Jesus to our community saying, we're here. Here's the request. I don't have one of these, but if someone has a fire pit that's willing to bring the fire pit and some wood up here on Tuesday, I'll be in charge of the s'mores station. I think that would be a really fun thing. It'll be a chilly night, so over here we'll have a fire going with s'mores and some chairs for people to sit around if they want to stay for a minute. So if, if, if anyone has a fire pit and some wood, uh, talk to me afterwards and we'll get that done, and I think that'll be a cool thing on Tuesday. Very good. Lord, please bless our time today as we open up your holy scriptures. We've sung, we've sung songs of praise to you, songs that have reminded us of the truth of you, songs that have called our hearts to you, to celebrate you, to stand in awe of you, to recognize you as Lord and King and Creator and good and loving. We've centered around your table and recognized, Lord God, that you came to earth not just to save, not just as the Savior, but as, as our friend, as someone who wants to know us, to connect with us. We've taken the body and blood of your, of your Son, Jesus, Lord God, and we celebrate the forgiveness of sins and the freedom that we have in Him because of Him. May our hearts always be humble. And as we open your Holy Scriptures today, reveal what you'd have us learn, and may we be impacted. Feel some emotions towards you. Please, Lord God, never let our faith just be a mental exercise. Let it embody all of us. The, the feeling part, the, the strong and muscular part, the gentle and soft part, the thinking part, yes, the sensitive part too. And may we feel these things as we learn these things. And ultimately, I pray that if anyone here has not decided to follow you, Lord God, that they will and they'll choose to get on the path of faithful followership of your son Jesus and that this church will meet one of its visions to walk along. To walk along with each other on the pathway of faith. Please bless our efforts as we give them to you in Jesus' name. Amen. So as Aaron read, there's a phrase towards the end of the reading today and it's in Verse 13, it says, Then Paul answered, Why are you weeping and breaking my heart? I'm ready not only to be bound, but to die in Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Jesus. 
So it got me thinking about what we do for the name of the Lord Jesus. This is Paul, this is Paul saying, this is an offering that I have. Not only am I willing to be bound, but I, if, it, if it means that, I'm willing to die for the name of Jesus. So I wonder for us, what are we doing for the name of Jesus? Not just what has God done for us in Jesus, but what are we now, because He has, what are we now doing for the holy, glorious, wonderful, good name of Jesus? Have you given your life to the Lord for the glory for the name of Jesus? Have you sacrificed your life for the name of Jesus? This is a picture this summer of Daniel being baptized into the name of Jesus. Tyler was as well. That's something that he did. Are you a part of a food ministry for the name of Jesus? Like Bread of Life Cafe. Are you part of a teaching ministry like Vacation Bible School for the name of Jesus? You can't see it, but way up on top, that's Tyler on the left and Laura on the right. Got 32 footers fully extended for the name of Jesus. We paint houses in Jesus' name to give Him a good name and we're not shy about it. We go and do this ridiculous work that somehow God blesses and allows us to accomplish uh, for the name of Jesus. This is an opportunity that we had to partner at Cheviot Elementary School to clean up their community garden. And we did that for the name of Jesus. Is your marriage, is your dating relationship, is your parenting for the name of Jesus? Have you given that over for the name of Jesus? Are you raising your kids for the name of Jesus? Intentionally. Your grandkids, are you speaking the name of Jesus? Are you praying and teaching your children? Not just with the, the Bible stories, would do that, but with you showing them how to do that for the name of Jesus. There's three or four very specific ways that I think we can see followers acting for the name of Jesus in Acts chapter 21 today. And I'm excited to explore those together. We find in these verses that the spreading of the good news of Jesus was still going on. Paul is at the end of his third missionary journey. He's wanting to get back to Jerusalem for Pentecost, but on the way, he's still continuing to spread the good news of Jesus in every town, in every community, in every port city that he lands in. The Gospel is going out, and this directly meets the prophecy and the teaching of Jesus that is the hallmark of the book of Acts, is that you will be my witnesses to all the ends of the earth, in Jerusalem, in Samaria, to the ends of the earth, I will fill you with the power of the Holy Spirit and you will go to the ends of the earth preaching My name, for My name. And we see that happening again and still in Acts chapter 21. 
Again, we see it during Paul's missionary journeys, and here he's finishing up his third one. But we can specifically t- see it today in a very unique way. I didn't, in reading this, in preparing for this, and studying for this, this did not come to me on my own. This is something that I read in a commentary, and it froze me. Maybe it won't be that big of a deal to you. Maybe you already knew it. But these two cities where Paul and his buddies stop on their mad dash to Jerusalem, they says they stopped in a town called Tyre, or Tyre, whatever it is, and uh, Ptolemaeus. They stopped in those two places. And here's what froze me. Those weren't towns that Paul went to. The whole book of Acts, we focus on Paul and his missionary journeys and where he's going and how the Gospel is going out. He never went to these places, but when he got there, there were Christians there. The Gospel was going out in the name of Jesus, for the name of Jesus. Christians, more than just Paul and his buddies, were doing the will of God. And wherever they landed, wherever they put up their house, wherever they hung out a shingle to do their work, they took the name of Jesus. In these two towns specifically, let's read these, verses 3 and 4. After sighting Cyprus and passing to the south of it, we traveled on to Syria. We landed in Tyre where our ship was to unload its cargo. We sought out the disciples there and stayed with them seven days. And then in verse 7, we continued our voyage from Tyre and landed in Ptolemaeus, where we greeted the brothers and sisters and stayed with them for a day. I loved learning that there was towns specifically mentioned that the gospel had landed and it was beyond what Paul and his companions were doing. It talks about the multiplication of the gospel through faithful discipleship. Not just one man. That we are called to be missionaries. And this is a shout out that I've said many, many times, and I believe with all my heart, the most fertile missionary field in all of the world is your home. With our families, with our kids, with our mamas and our daddies, with our aunts and uncles, with our grandkids, with the people that come into our house. That's a house of the Lord, y'all. Let's be missionaries in our homes. That anytime someone comes in their home, they know they're coming to church. Because this is where God lives. And this is a missionary base for a missionary. Is that a big deal that there were disciples in Ptolemaeus and Tyre? It was to me. It froze me for a minute. I, I made a slide about it. Secondly, I think we can see that for the name of Jesus, that the men and women who were following Jesus were being guided by God's Holy Spirit. And again, this is a profound key in all of the book of Acts, and it needs to translate into our lives as well. We need to follow God's lead as He fills us with His Holy Spirit. We need to confidently walk with God as He leads us. And again, this is a part of Acts chapter 1, verse 8, that you'll be filled with the Holy Spirit. 
and you will go to the ends of the earth. But we're doing that of the guidance of the Holy Spirit. We see specifically again in Tyre and in Caesarea that there's this conflict in the Holy Spirit. Let's read verses, uh, we'll read uh, 5 and 6. So, see, the end of 4. Through the Spirit, they urged Paul not to go to Jerusalem. But when it was time to leave, we left and continued on our way. All of them, including the wives and children, accompanying us to the city, uh, accompanying us out of the city. And there on the beach, we knelt and prayed. And after saying goodbye to each other, we went aboard the ship and they returned home. And then at Caesarea, of Verses 7-14, through 14, we continued our voyage, uh, Tyre, Ptolemaeus, uh, verse 8, leaving the next day, we reached Caesarea, we stayed at the house of Philip the Evangelist, one of the seven. Uh, he had four unmarried daughters who prophesied, and after we had been there a number of days, a prophet named Agabus came from Judea, coming over to us, he took Paul's belt and tied his hands and feet with it, and he said, The Holy Spirit says that in this way the Jewish leaders in Jerusalem will bind the owner of this belt and will hand him over to the Gentiles. And when we heard this, we and the people uh, pleaded with Paul not to go to Jerusalem. And then Paul answered, Why are you weeping and breaking my heart? I'm, not, I'm ready not only to be bound, but to die in Jerusalem for the name of Jesus. And when he would not be dissuaded, we gave up and said, the Lord's will be done. And so there's this, uh, there's this controversy. If you study this section of Scripture, there's a controversy that goes on. Was Paul being obedient to the Holy Spirit by going to Jerusalem? Or is he being disobedient to the Holy Spirit? Was the Holy Spirit's message at Tyre and Caesarea meant to caution Paul from going to Jerusalem? or to stop Paul from going to Jerusalem. There's a conversation about that. Worthy conversation. Because the believers heard the words of God, felt the, the leanings of the Spirit. There's trouble for you, Paul, in Jerusalem. Don't go. Don't go. Paul heard, hey, there's trouble for me in Jerusalem. I'm going to go ahead and go. There's some controversy there. Was Paul being disobedient to the Holy Spirit by going? One commentator put it this way, that he believes that Paul was being obedient because the Spirit was meant to prepare or caution, not to prevent or stop. That's where I land too in this as well. And I think one of the overriding principles that we've got to hear in this and see in this is that we as faithful followers of Jesus need to follow the leadings of the Holy Spirit wherever they go. even if it's Jerusalem for Paul. I mean, that's some old school prophecy from Agabus, isn't it? I mean, that's some Old Testament stuff. Taking his belt and tying him up. That's old school prophet stuff. Whoever holds this belt, he's trouble for you in Jerusalem. Well, that's, that's real business. But Paul took it as a caution, as a preparation, not as a stop sign or to dissuade him. The rule for us and the principle for us. And we've got to encourage each other in this because this ain't easy. We've got to follow the Holy Spirit's guiding wherever He leads us.
we've got to be willing to go with God wherever he leads us. Even if it's not going to be pleasant, even if it's going to be hard on us or embarrassing or difficult, whatever, whatever it is. We go with God. The other thing that absolutely leapt off the pages for me in both of these cities, in Tyre and in, in Caesarea, the believers did beautiful things even when they were in disagreement. The believers in Tyre heard the Word of God. They heard God's Holy Spirit. There's trouble for Paul in, in Jerusalem. And they're saying, buddy, don't go. Don't go. Don't, don't subject yourself to that. Don't give yourself to the Jews. They're going to they're do awful things to you. Don't go. And Paul says, I'm going. But look, look at what they did uh, in, in Tyre. It says, um, and when it was time to leave, we left and continued on our way all of them, all the brothers and sisters, including the wives and children, accompanied us out of the city. And there, on the beach, we knelt to pray. That's Christian stuff. That's real life Christian stuff. That's, man, we don't see eye to eye, but let's pray about it. Let's, let's take you all the way to the beach. Let's get all the way to the boat. And let's do something so profoundly Christian right here that you know, even though we disagree with you, that we're with you. And let's get all the ladies together and all the kids and all the fellas and let's, let's dedicate, let's, let's do church right here on the beach. In disagreement. Beautiful example for us. And it doesn't stop there because in verse 14 we see the same type of business going on in Caesarea. Paul answered, Why are you weeping and breaking my heart? I'm not ready only to be bound, but to die for uh, the name of Jesus in Jerusalem. And when he would not be dissuaded, we gave up and said, The Lord's will be done. And I don't, I don't read this of like, Oh, whatever. The Lord's will be done. They gave up trying because they were so convinced of his conviction. And then they agreed on something that they all could agree on. We want the Lord's will to be done. We want the Lord's will to be done. Paul, we don't see eye to eye on this. We're scared for you. We don't want you to go through this. We don't want you to be bound and harmed and killed and hurt. We, don't, we, don't, we want you here. We love you, man. But we don't see eye to eye on this. But listen, let's go to the beach and let's pray together. Listen, let's agree on something that we all can agree on. May God's will always be done. There are so many ripples and echoes back to the conversation between Peter and Jesus when Jesus says the Savior has to suffer and Peter says, no, Messiah doesn't have to suffer. And Jesus says, get behind me, Satan. They disagreed what the Spirit was telling them. But they didn't separate. They stayed together. When Jesus said in the garden, there's an echo back, Lord, take this cup from me, but your will be done. Ultimately, this isn't what I want, but I, let, me, let me say something that we all want. Is we want your will to be done. There's intentional ripples here to our Savior for us to hear. 
finally, in these verses, I think we learn to hang in there. I think these verses are telling us, for the name of Jesus, hang in there and do whatever it takes for the sake of the Gospel. And here's what I mean. This blew me away. When they land in Caesarea, in in, in, um, Samaria there, and as Paul's making his way to Jerusalem, they stop at Philip's house. And now he's known as Philip the Evangelist. And his four prophesying daughters are there. If you look back in Acts, we know that Philip was one of the deacons that was chosen with Stephen and was there when when Saul was approving of the stoning of Stephen. Philip was one of his co-workers. Philip was one of Stephen's brothers. They were chosen to work together. They they were ministry partners together. They were leaders in the church in Jerusalem. They They were trusted to serve the church, and they did that together. And Saul killed Stephen, or approved of it, whatever you want to say. But now, many years later, after Stephen's death, we know that Philip went to Samaria and he landed in Caesarea and he was one of the main pastors of the church there for I don't know how long this has been, but it's closer to 20 years than it is to 5 years. He's been doing God's work in Samaria, in Caesarea, for decades. It's one of those days that you never know who's going to knock on your door. And here comes Paul. And what does Philip do? He welcomes him in. Philip had to hang in their spirit and do whatever it takes for the name of the Lord's spirit. He was willing to get over the fact of what Saul, Paul had done, and he was willing to embrace who he was now. He was willing to forgive. He was willing for second chances. He invited him into his home with his kids. All y'all with kids know what that's like. Like, I'll go do stuff with people, but if you come into my house with my kids, well, you better straighten up. You better be on your best behavior. What, not my finest moment? Kids were in elementary school. I was on my way to go get the kids. And these high school kids come down in front of our house and they're wanting to fight right in front of our house. Two boys were wanting to fight each other. And there's a whole group of people, of course, with their cell phones out. And I said, you all are going to videotape your friends fighting? They're like, whatever, cussing at me and everything else like this. I said, you're not doing this in front of my house. I said, you all can go somewhere else and fight. But I raised my kids here. You're not fighting here. We'll beat you up. Try it. (laughs) Try it. Okay, they left anyway. Not my finest moment, I know. But the point is, not in my house. And Philip allows a murderer into his home because he'd been changed by the Lord and Philip trusted that process. Hang in there for the Lord. Hang in there. Do whatever it takes. There's another example of this And I'm not going to read this story. I'm going to give it to you in the short. But Paul is finishing up his missionary journey. He leaves Philip and the girls and they're coming into Jerusalem. 
And they meet with James and the other elders and there's this great celebration about what God has done in Paul's ministry while he was out and about. And this is James, the brother of Jesus. James, the elder of the church of Jerusalem. James, one of the preeminent leaders of the early church that came down with the final word, we're not going to make it hard on the Gentiles to come to faith in Jesus. This is a God dude. This is a dude. And they celebrate the work of the Lord. And then they start telling him about all these rumors. Hey, you know, there's thousands of Jews here up here in Jerusalem, Paul, that have come to faith in Jesus Christ. And they've been listening to rumors that you're out telling the Jews out there that they don't have to be Jewish anymore. And they're out there, they're out there believing these rumors. And then they have Paul. I said, they, they said, listen, this is what you have to do. You've got to take a Nazarite vow and you need to pay the expenses for four other Jews that want to take a Nazarite vow. And then everyone here will know you're serious. How about James? You tell them. How about you stand up for me? How about you stop telling me what I have to do? How about you not tell me about all the money I have to spend and these vows I have to take? How about you do your work as an elder? This is me getting fired up. You get it, right? That's what Paul could have said. That's what Paul could have said. Man, don't come at with me. This is your church. I'm telling you about all the things that God is doing. I just celebrated with Philip. And now you're telling me about all these things I need to do to dissuade rumors that are going on in your church? But Paul hangs in there. And for the Gospel, he takes the vow. And he pays the fees. And he does the purity process. He takes it. And I thought, man, if there's, a, if there's an opportunity for Paul to gripe, this is, this is like a legit griping opportunity. Because that's nonsense. We talk about rumors. How about we start talking about the truth? We talk about rumors. I just got back from 20 years of missionary work spreading the gospel, spreading the message that this council agreed on. You're talking about rumors. You ever had somebody talk bad about you? You ever had somebody talk bad about you? You ever, ever have somebody who wasn't willing to stand up for you ask you to do something to stand up for yourself? Man, get away from me. That's not Paul's answer, though. I learned something here. Whatever it takes, y'all. Whatever it takes. Pay the purification to the temple. Shave your head. Take the vow. Do the things. If this is going to happen, if this is going to be good for the Gospel, then let's do it. Don't be too arrogant to do whatever it takes for the name of Jesus. Let's be humble. If there's something we can do, even if we think it's ridiculous, let's do it for the name of Jesus. Oh boy. In Acts chapter 21, we're at being asked to join the work of the gospel. Like the disciples that took the gospel to Tyre and Ptolemaeus, let's take the gospel to our neighborhood too. Let's write something about Westwood. Let's write something about Bridgetown. Let's write something about Delhi and Taylor Mill and Silverton and Newport. Let's, let's write something about the towns that we're going to over there in, in Wyoming and up there in Glendale. Let's, let's write some stuff that the Gospel is going out. That we're taking the Gospel out. We've got to remember that the, the will of God will not be stopped. Does that give you courage? Does that give you courage? 
no matter what's on your calendar or whatever nonsense happens in a day, we've got to know and rest on the fact and remind each other that the will of God will not be stopped. That God is good. God has had a plan. His plan is not even being slowed down. Like God's plan is good to go. His will will be done. Let's have courage and bravery as Christians. Let's unite in Jesus even when we disagree, y'all, please. Boy, that sings songs about God. That sings songs about God. We're coming up on a local political season. Next year at this time, we're going to be coming up on a national political season. Listen, those times are ripe for disagreements. Those times are ripe for, for, for separation. Those times are ripe for that. Let's be a place that everybody can come here and receive the Word of God. Let's be a place that no matter what anybody believes or how they vote or how they voted or what they've done, that they can come here and they can get on the pathway with God and they'll find unity in God with people here. Let's not let the things of this world divide us. Let's not do it. Let's be more Christian than we are anything else. Let's not be divided. Don't let it happen. Man, don't give up. Hang in there. Hang in there. The thing that brings me such peace in this is that I know that I don't have to do it by myself. There's times you're going to be on a road and you're going to have to make the right decision in the right moment. There's nobody there to lean on. But in general, in your life, you've got people. You've got this church. And there'll be times when you're by yourself where you've got to do the right thing and you've got to stand up and you've got to, you've got to be the man or the woman. But for the most, most of the time, we're, we're together. Invite each other to walk with you. Tell each other about the hard days you're having. And let's, let, let's be creative in the name of Jesus to do whatever it takes to reach our kids, to reach our spouses, to reach our, uh, our neighbors, to reach this neighborhood, our boyfriends, our girlfriends. Let's do whatever it takes to reach our people with Jesus. I'm all in with this. I'm all in with this. I'm proud to be one of the pastors at this church. I'm proud to serve this church. I'm proud to be connected with this church. I'm glad about the direction that we have and the vision that we have going forward at this church. I'm excited for the unity that we're experiencing right now, and I'm excited for all the ways that we're taking the gospel out. And we're saying Jesus is here. I pray today you felt something. I pray today that feeler inside of you felt something today. I hope your thinker thought something. I hope your feeler felt something. If you need prayers, if you want to pray, I, I love that our church prays in general, but today during class we had a specific time of prayer. We're going to keep doing those specific times of prayers. Walking in the neighborhood, praying for each other, circling up. We're going to keep doing that stuff so that the name of Jesus will be praised. If you need a prayer, if you're ready to give your life to the Lord Jesus Christ, if you need to confess, you want to be baptized into his name if you need help and you're sad and you need to tell somebody why you're sad if you're super excited about something and God is just raining down blessings in your life and you want to shout it to the rooftops praise to the Lord 
Laura's going to be over here uh, ready for prayer. I'll be over here. But not just during this time. If you need prayer, if you need connection, you're not alone. God bless you.